0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media, so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! Hello, listeners! Welcome back to the RV. Today, we are head to the Pacific Northwest in Washington State to chat with Joan Kitter. Joanne is an author who has written a few novels. Her latest series, Charming Misters, contains two books. The first book is Oceanberry Blues, which came up last July. And the second one, Tangerine Troubles, comes out this March. Joanne, you've been doing a lot. Welcome to the RV.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This This is just lovely. Yeah,
1: I was looking forward to talking with you. There are so many things that I'm curious about. So, Joanne, you are from the plains of Nebraska and moved to a city in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. What is your fondest or funniest memory
2: of small town living? Well, there are so many because... uh, Living in a small town is, is very different from living in a city. And people are, are, I don't want to say weird. They're not weird. They're just different. And they're, and they don't, they don't think they're different, but they are different. When you, when you move yourself away from it, you find that, okay, well, that's not, that's not a normal thing. But, um, I knew of a woman at one point who kept her horse in her home. Let's see, this is something, you know, I could probably think of about a hundred different interesting people, um, and they are interesting. That's the thing that, that makes it enjoyable to write about because these people are all unique. They're people that you would not find in a city setting and they don't find anything wrong with what they do or who they are. This is just their daily life. And, and it's just, it's really, it's a, it's a different kind of a connection to people than you, than you get in the city.
1: And you know, I have a friend and who lives in the city and she has chickens in her apartment okay
2: (laughs) yeah okay so i take that back there are some people who in the city who live differently as well it just seems more prevalent in in small towns for sure for sure
1: and before our interview you were telling me about your journey and how you got into writing later on in life
2: yes so i have my whole life really been a writer but I just have done a really good job of hiding it and pushing it away and telling myself that I can't that's not something that's attainable for me and as a young child I wrote stories and I would give them to people for Christmas and when I was uh 10 or 11 I don't remember exactly I wrote my first novel and I typed it on an old-fashioned typewriter and still I, I said no No, this is just. This is for other people. This is for smart people. This is for thin people. You know, I I came up with all sorts of different reasons why I couldn't do it. And in my 30s, I went back to school. I had the same philosophy. Well, getting a college education is for other people. I'm not smart enough for that. So I decided I would take one class, and if I passed it, then I could continue. So I, I took a mythology class passed it, loved it and continued on. And until I got my master's degree in creative writing. And at that point for my master's thesis, I created a story about small town. And this story was about a small town where people were all afraid to leave. So they never did. So they had their own reality in in this town. The the fitness director had these uh, VHS tapes from somebody's garage sale that she used and she told people she had training that she was you know she was really highly trained to teach these classes but really she was just going on these old old tapes that are you know outdated information and but nobody knew any different because nobody had been out of town so that that was the premise of that story and a publisher picked it up and published it and still i said no that's not i can't do that that's just that's for other people so we moved at that point. My husband had always wanted to live somewhere else other than in the Midwest. And so we moved to uh, literally drove off into the sunset and drove to the Pacific Northwest. He started his job. I could not find a job. It was in the middle of the recession and I did everything I could think of to find a job and to find friends. And so I joined a gym and uh, broke my foot really seriously. And I waited a long time to go to the doctor because I knew that that would involve me not being able to be around people. And that was really hard because my husband's job took him out of town so much. So finally, eight months later, I went to the doctor. My my foot was broken so severely they had to remove the bone. I had to, I was housebound for um, more than a year. And I just sunk into a horrid, deep depression. And that continued on for several years. And it got to the point where I would just sit in my closet and that was my day. And I I would tell myself, well, you know, when the sun comes out, then I'll, then I'll come out. And I I don't know if you know anything about the Pacific Northwest, but the sun doesn't come out in the winter. (laughs) It's a, it's a long dry spell. So, um, I was really, I was really down in the dumps and One day my husband was out uh, hiking and he had a massive heart attack and that he had to be life flighted back in. He died six times, his brain stopped, everything stopped six times. And I was sitting beside his bed, listening to the machines, keeping him alive. And it just suddenly came to my head. Well, if I'm not going to be a writer now, then when am I going to do it? what, what guarantee do I have that I'm going to wake up tomorrow? And, and deep down, this is the person in me that's always been there that I've always pushed down and said, no, you can't. So from that day forward, from his recovery on, I started writing and still I put a limit on it. Nope. One book you're done. So I wrote the one book and by then that little voice had grown and grown and grown and it couldn't be silenced. So here I am. um, I'm nine, nine novels later, actually my 10th coming out soon. And I am not stopping until, until my heart stops.
1: Wow. What a powerful turning point, Joanne. Yes. How's your husband doing
2: now? He's doing well. He uh, because his every time your heart stops, you lose oxygen to your brain, which causes you to lose some brain function. He does have a little problem with uh he describes it as as his as it his intake valve doesn't work right and and it's like coming through mud. So it takes him a little time to process things. And sometimes Things are hard for him to understand, but he really functions very well. He's an amazing photographer now. Uh, that, was a, that was a bonus from um, not being able to go back to work is that he found a hobby that he absolutely loves. So he's doing great. Uh, that's so good. You said something that really struck
1: me, which is it took many years before you gave yourself permission to write again. Yes. Can you tell us more? about this, what made you finally
2: focus on writing? It it was a very incremental process, because I've been telling myself these things my whole life. And these, these words don't just go away overnight, even though I had this revelation, it it really took time to, and even after I started writing, and, and even after my book came out, and I'm thinking, Oh, you know, people aren't gonna like it. And and you know, the truth is that, that there always is going to be somebody who doesn't like what you write. That's just the nature of of writing. And you have to you have to build up inside of you this armor and know that you're that that it's gonna happen, but this is where you're supposed to be, this is what you're supposed to be doing, and it's just gonna ping off your armor and and onto the ground. It's not gonna get through and hurt you. So yeah, so eventually I did build up my self-esteem and and I also started way too late taking some um, medications to help with my depression. And that has, I, I was concerned that would affect my creativity, but that's also actually made it better because I have more focus. And so I could spend more hours working than I spent before.
3: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: So when I started my, my master's degree, I, I really, I actually had started down the nonfiction path and there was just something in me that said, that's too, that's hitting too close to home. That's, that's a reality that you're not ready for. Uh, so it was much easier to create a fictional town and fictional people and, 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 you know, your first book is autobiographical. Everybody says that, and it's true. It, but it was much more comfortable putting me, putting my, my mind out there through fiction than it would have been through nonfiction.
1: And um, would you say, uh, for example, that any of
2: your stories are loosely inspired by your experiences? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I, I, include small town experiences in every single one of my books. It's up to you to decide which ones are real, probably not the ones you expect. <laughs> so th- there are some, some stories that I could tell, but I know that people would say, well, that, that wouldn't happen. So, you know, sometimes the, the real, the truth is, is a little harder to uh, digest than fiction, but, um, Yes, I do. I do include those in every story. And there is a bit of my life in the story of Keela because she moves from a small town. She has to leave and start over. Um, so th- there is some of, of me in that. So I have a series called uh, Piney Falls Mysteries. And those characters, I would say November Bean, who's kind of kind of out there, that would be she would have more of my my personality because I tend to think things are funny that maybe aren't to other people, and she's just got this really weird sense of self. I mean, she's totally confident in who she is, but she's, she's kind of out there. It's funny how fiction can sometimes be a way to speak the
1: truth. Yes. And your most recent series is called Charming Mysteries. Yes. Can you tell us quickly
2: what this series is about. So when I started advertising for my other two series, the, the uh, Pepperville stories and Piney falls mysteries, I started to notice a trend and that was the, the people that were clicking on my ads were all 55 and up. So I thought, well, this, this is an underserved population and I want to create a series that's, that is focused on them. So the the heroine the detective in these series is is 67 when we start and she's retired and she's she's retired from as from being a legal secretary and she's moved to this little town with her husband who's got health problems and so she's solving mysteries and her sidekick is a paranormal investigator who also runs a hair salon so they solve all sorts of mysteries and all sorts of hijinks what inspires you to win? Let's see. Nature. I love nature. I love being in nature. Um, I love creative. being around creative people really inspires me. There's a friend that I can just have a quick phone call with, and it's just like a shot of electricity goes through me, and okay, I'm ready to go. So I would say those are the most important things. I think that the, the more still you are, the longer you're still, the more activity you see around you. You know, when you're just walking along, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty. But then if you stand there, the longer you start to see, oh, well, there's some little bugs crawling on the log and, and there's a little squirrel and, and it's just, just like it all fills up around you if you just let it.
1: Joanne, are you currently working on anything that you would
2: like to share with us? <laughs> so you want just one, is what you're saying? Because no. I'm working on many things. Please, tell Okay, many all things. Right okay so the the first one that's very exciting is a um i'm getting together with a group of very esteemed authors and we're putting a anthology out this summer a mystery anthology and they are writers from all over the world we have spain we have united kingdom scotland united states uh canada i'm probably leaving somebody out but we're all contributing stories to this wonderful little um It's called the cozy midsummer mystery anthology, midsummer murders. I don't know, whatever it is anyway. So that's very exciting. Looking forward to that. That comes out in May. I have, of course, this, the second book in the charming mystery series comes out in March. I have another book in the Pepperville series that will called uh, secrets and sunflowers that I'm hoping will be out at the end of May. We'll see. I have another book that's coming for the, the um, charming mysteries, and that is Perils in Pink. And that comes out probably sometime this summer. Joanne, how many hours do you sleep at night? At night? <laughs> Believe it or not, I do sleep a lot, but then that leaves me very little time for anything else in the day. It's pretty much exercise, sleep, eat, write. That's it. I get all of my packages from Amazon <laughs> because uh... I have no time to, to shop. And Joanne, are you a full-time writer? I, I consider myself a full-time writer making a part-time wage. So eventually, I'll, I'll, they'll both match. But yes, I am full-time. Yes, but th-
1: this is a very good lifestyle, I think.
2: Yeah. Yes, it's, it's perfect for me. I worked at a, in a, at a desk job for a while. I was miserable. It felt like I was in prison. So this is actually perfect for me.
1: And is there a message that you would like to leave for our listeners?
2: Yes, I would say, please just go and do it now. Whatever you think that you, whatever part of you that you know is, is the real you, that, and you do know it's, there's something in you that calls to you when you're very quiet, just go out and do it because you don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what next year brings. Now is your time. So go forward, do it. Wow, you were such an inspiration to win. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that.
1: You are. And how can our listeners find you? And of course, your books, how many books did you publish?
2: We'll have 10 out by the end of March, 10 novels, and then I'll have, I have six uh, short stories as well.
1: And I saw that you have very good reviews on Amazon.
2: I'm very lucky, yes. Uh, So you can find me on Amazon. I just put in my name in in Amazon and all my books come up. You can also find me on my website. It's just joannkeeter.com, J-O-A-N-N-K-E-D-E-R.com. Either of those places. I'm also on Goodreads, on BookBub, and I have a Facebook, other Facebook. So find me any of those places.
1: That's great. Thank you very much, Joanne, for your
2: time. And you have such a wonderful energy. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your saying that. And this has just been so lovely. I really enjoyed every minute of it.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember... Relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.
3: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.